All right, everybody, welcome to uh, Ramos and them. Uh, got a segment with Giancarlo Navas today from Miami Heat Beat. Did I did I say the name? You got it. The right. way you want to say Miami Heat Beat. Okay. Yeah, okay, fantastic. Um, so is it Ramos or Ramos? You guys, we're just gonna go with Ramos because like that's I've spent in my life trying to get people to say Ramos. Uh, it's just been a failure for me. <laughs> so we're just gonna stick with Ramos. That's just how it's gonna be. And uh, you know, we're gonna keep things moving from here, man. So. Gian, we bring you on here to talk about the Miami Heat offseason, and let's get let's get right into it. Um, you know, there's several different approaches the Miami Heat can take, right? In your in your opinion, what is the best case uh, scenario for the Miami Heat offseason? What is the best case scenario, or what is the most likely scenario? Let's do both, because I think likely is they probably tr- they probably keep their guys. And maybe make a couple, maybe pick up some guys from the D League, and maybe add like those. as in re-sign Dion Waiters and James D- Johnson. Yeah, Dion okay. James Johnson. Uh, I'm not. What's Wayne Ellington's number? It's like it's two or it's four. Is it two or four? Yeah, something like that with the team option. So I don't know. I don't know when the team. I think it's coming up that they have to decide. Um, so I kind of think that's going to be the most likely option to kind of keep this intact because they're going to make a run at at Hayward for I mean knowing their history they're going and and Griffin and they're going to make a run at free agents but probably likely is that they don't get any of them and they end up re-signing their guys okay so do you like that is that is that a good offseason to you my thing with so out of the big ones I I think Millsap is probably not in play for them and I think Griffin might be in play but I'd not I'm not a fan of two bigs and I know the Clippers had a really good offense with two bigs I just don't like it. Well, Griffin can step out and shoot the three now. He can. I know, to be but... be fair to him. So did, can Ibaka. So can Millsat. Man, I... See, Ibaka's, Ibaka's kind of a weird... Because Ibaka's like a unicorn. The shot-blocking three-point shooter. But he's been on the decline for a couple of years. But I think the guy everyone looks at is Gordon Hayward. And I'm so iffy on that. Because I don't think they're close. So I think committing a max salary to Gordon Hayward, Goran Dragic, and Hassan Whiteside... You're stuck. Like, you're not good enough. And I like Gordon Hayward, and I think he's really good, and I do think Spolstra will maximize a guy like that who can play small ball four, who can play three. Uh, I know. I don't know if it was you or Nikias Duncan um, from Fast Break, but we were talking about the sets that um, Snyder runs, which are which are good good offensive sets, but I do think is a bit better, and I, I, I think Spolstra will maximize him a bit more in that kind of three small ball four position. But... I'm so torn on whether it's the right play to commit the money to a guy when you're not close. Okay, so so I know what you think is the most likely offseason. And I'm going to come back to that in a second. Or actually, we can just tackle it now. Because here is where I'm confused with you. With me. I'm confused with you. With me. This, this, this idea that the Heat aren't close if they sign Gordon Hayward, I think that's accurate. I think Gordon Hayward would add they're a 41-win team. I mean, you could talk about some injuries or, or whatever the case may be, but if you add Gordon Hayward, how many wins does he add? I mean, eh, 45, 47. Okay, right. So my issue with that is nobody had an issue with signing Chris Bosh, Dwayne Wade, and trading for Goran Dragic in 2014-15, and that team didn't have necessarily more upside than a white side Hayward-Dragic uh, trio, and then it wasn't a problem back then. Nobody has criticized the organization for since 2014, putting themselves in a situation where 
they don't have contending potential. Mm, well, the thing with that is that I think the Bosch lung thing, the pulmonary embolism, kind of blew that up because they did, they they got to a game seven of a second round without Chris Bosch, and that's a lot of salary. Just, but here, but here, but it's here, just taking up like they no, didn't no, no, have, no. But I'm not talking about. I know what happened. But I think they were good. Like, I know what happened, but. Chris Bosch at 30 getting maxed out. Would you agree that's not a very good deal? I disagree because we knew the cap was going up. We, I think it was projected that his game would age the best and that the cap was going to rise. So that, like, giving Goran the money, Goran's contract is be- is not terrible. And here's, here's my issue, too, though. I think there's a lack of context here. Like, and we'll, Let me get to Goran Dragic in a second. But Chris Bosch at 30, really good player, fine. Dwayne Wade at 32, a declining player that was coming off a postseason where he looked very bad. Yeah. Uh, and then Goran Dragic at 29. You think that that's better than Hayward, Whiteside, Dragic as a trio? Because I don't, I don't, I don't really think so. I think Gordon Hayward is better than Dwayne Wade was then. I think Hassan Whiteside and Chris Bosh at, at that stage they were at. Oh is, no. Chris Bosh, Chris Bosh is a more versatile player. Oh man. I, but production wise, <laughs> they're not necessarily far apart. Chris Bosh was a more versatile player, and he's more flexible defensively, of course. I can't follow you down that road about Chris Bosh. Okay, and but Hassan. then and then and then Dragic right now is is just Dragic. He still hasn't notably declined. So fine, Hayward would probably be better than Dwayne Wade, and then Bosh would be better than. But but the cores are similar, and you're saying that that core would be limited, and they would have a ceiling. But the team, but I don't think anybody criticized the front office for building a team with a ceiling in 2014 and thinking that Kevin Durant was going to be attracted to that. Well, well, he was. I mean, he t- he did take the meeting. one of five meetings. I know LeBron met with the Clippers in 2010. Let's not act like a meeting. But hold on, I mean, Chris he, Paul's meeting with the he, Nuggets. He didn't meet. He didn't meet with everybody. You know, he met with he five took teams. Meetings. So okay, well, that, well, LeBron James met with the New York Knickerbockers and the Los Angeles Clippers in 2010 when they were laughing stocks. I mean, I don't know Still. how much that means, man. I don't know. Miami's no, yeah, a market. That's a fair point. It's a fair point. But, you didn't, I mean, I know we disagree, but I thought that team, not last year, the year before, was good. And but here, they did not have Chris Bosh. And here's what's getting forgot about that team. They were playing 500 basketball with these Hassan Whiteside, Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosh lineups. When Bosh went down with his situation and they put in Joe Johnson... The spacing improved. Well, they got Joe. Because Dwayne, Dwayne they, Wade they signed, a They signed Joe after the fact. I know they did. Yeah, after yeah. the fact. Right. To, and it was a good signing. No, they had, they had a total lack of shooting, and that was right. the problem. And then, and then the Joe signing was good. It was a way to compensate on the fly, and they made a run. And they made a run, and, and D-Wade still has some juice in his legs. But the actual building of the team was very awkward because Dwayne Wade isn't a shooter, and Hassan Whiteside wasn't a shooter, and Luol Deng wasn't a shooter, and Goran Dragic well, had no space. Luol was shooting... Pretty decently at volume. What was it around? Right, but that around core the wasn't. But that core wasn't playing well, right? That core was wasn't well, that, playing that, well. That core was lacking, and I agree with you. The core was lacking shooting. No, Jay, listen, I don't agree. Like, I don't disagree with you that perhaps the team building of that of that was not excellent. I, I can't. I don't. I think it's difficult to argue that that was that that was just supreme team building. I don't disagree with you. I did think that team with Chris Bosh would have been good enough to go to an East Finals, and they did have a good matchup against Cleveland because perhaps, they had perhaps. they had enough wing defenders to defend. They had probably in that conference maybe the most competent wing wing defenders, and they had played well against Cleveland in the regular season. Now we both know we saw Brooklyn sweep Miami. I, I, reg- yeah, I don't think it would have been out of like completely unfathomable that that team could have. They would have been in it. That would have been a I series. Don't, I mean, no, I don't know. I think they were they were comparable. Cleveland to is Toronto. Cleveland was better. 
Well, yeah, of course. Cleveland. But I, I think, mean, every team LeBron's been on as going to be the front. Any team LeBron goes to in the East would be the front runner, favorite, yeah, including Philadelphia. I mean, I, I, I can't <laughs> even argue. <laughs> right. So anyway, so let's go back to now. Right. Go back to now, and you saying that the most likely thing is is not a high ceiling move. Um, and, and and I want to talk about this for a second, too. I think there's a misconception with the Goran Dragic deal. Like, oh, the cap went up, so it's not bad. He has the eighth highest cap hit in the league next year for point guards, and he was 13th this year in win shares, and he's going to be 32. I'm not saying it's a terrible contract, but in hindsight, it was a bad move. You gave up two first-round What picks. are the win shares post-January 17th? I mean, he's been here for two and a half years. I mean, we can find splits. Oh, I, I, are, you saying, are you saying from last year? But, I mean, I'm I, saying I, last season period in total, he had, last year he actually had the seventh highest cap hit and he was 13th and win, uh, eighth, I'm sorry, this year he'll have the seventh, eighth highest cap hit. He was 13th in win shares. That doesn't mean he's not a good player. But there's, there's, a, there, there's, there's a notion that he's a great value and a great asset when you I think you don't that. Think he's, you think he's bad value? Yes, I mean statistically he is. He's the eighth highest cap hit, and he was thirteenth in win shares. I mean we can look at other stats, but if you look at BPM or PER, I mean he's he's in that range of a good player and a team that's loaded with good point guards and a league. I'm sorry, that's loaded with oh, yeah. tremendous point guards. So when you have to give up two firsts and and have the eighth highest cap hit for a point guard in the league, and he's producing like an above average point guard, it's it's not great value. So when they made the deal, we thought. I mean, I, I guess you don't think they. We thought they were close because Cleveland was struggling, and with a because with, Miami's biggest problem in the year that they got him was point guard. They were getting awful point guard play, so they figured we're going to be good. Two low first round picks for a guy that could take us to the Eastern Conference Finals, and at that point, you know, you roll the dice. I know you don't like that, but it's not. It it was not unfathomable for them to beat Cleveland or to you know what I mean. I I, um, I know you don't like it, but that's well, that's the thought there. Yeah, right, right. That's the thought there, but the fit with Dwayne Wade was awful. Like, it's not Goran's fault, but it's like, not Goran's fault. But I think a lot of people thought that Dwayne would be more willing to go off the ball, and I think it's been pretty evident. He, he did it for LeBron to be he fair, did it for and LeBron. people thought that maybe he'd do that, but he did not, and it ended up being a very awkward fit. But and that's as you not can Goran's see, fault. It's not. It's not. But the front office made a move. And obviously, their superstar was not fully in on that move to the point where he was willing to acquiesce. But I, to I'm, the, I'm to, sure that if player. you were to ask Dwayne, he would, you know, if you have, hey, Dwayne, listen, we're thinking of doing this. I don't think there's a doubt that Dwayne would have been, oh my God, yes. I, I Dwayne Wade was playing inefficient basketball all last was. season. And Goran Dragic was suppressed. And, and to his credit, he's a professional. He played good defense. and um, He improved defensively. He, he, look, Goran Dragic is a good player. But that, that, that I just, if you're going to say you don't like. Hayward, Whiteside, Dragic, they don't have a ceiling. I just don't see why you don't say Dragic, Wade, Bosch had a ceiling I too. And I know maybe maybe you were uncertain that Cleveland was going to win yet. Maybe that's why. But um, I just think it's inconsistent. I I don't, like I said, I don't disagree with you. And I under, and I do, I do notice the inconsistency. However, I do think that that's the third best team in the East with, with Hayward. I just don't think it matters because Golden State is doing what they're doing. Right, it, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. So, and I think that the Durant move kind of changes the math. And I hate saying that because you never know what could happen. Somebody can blow a knee out. You know, anything. I mean, but let's let's be honest. If you if, know, of course, if, uh, assuming health. You can say that every year, yeah. Of course, yeah, assuming health. So, I do. 
I don't think that those that that the team with Gordon Hayward would be better than the team that we were talking about, the aforementioned. But I, it's just difficult. It's difficult because I think it's clear that they're not close. But it felt close before. It felt. But it felt statistically, close. But, but they Jay, were playing 500 ball Jay, before Boss went down. But Jay, it felt close. They didn't have shooting. In 2014-15, before the Dragons trade, you're, you're they not, weren't playing you're well. You're getting Gorn, who's a shooter. But and they then were not playing sack. well at no, all. No, you're right. So they were playing 500 balls. Right, so what felt close to you if they Gorn, were playing? Gorn made them Gorn, feel close. Gorn is a 7-8 win share player. I mean, he's not a franchise transforming, adding him to a declining... Well, it is what it is. I mean, at that point... Let's no, Jay, you're right. I, I'm sitting here saying that you are absolutely correct. And in hindsight, you're absolutely correct. But what felt at the time was a very good, nearly all-star caliber point guard, which was your biggest need coming to a team filled with, as you say, professionals and very good basketball players. Even though Dwayne was on the decline, he's still a smart player. And he still didn't play that way last year, but and he is. He is, yes. He, and and I know he's aged, and I know he wasn't good, but he's still a very good patient pick-and-roll player. I'm sure the numbers will not support me at all for last year. He still has talent. He still has ability. However, he did, he, the role he was in was not suited to him at this stage of his career. He still has plenty of ability, just like Manu Ginobili has plenty of ability, just like Tim Duncan you and Dirk. You can summon it aged. every once in a while. You can't summon it every night. Right, right. Okay, but now moving on to the future, anyhow. I think it's predictable what I would do, right? I would trade Goran Dragic. I would trade Hassan Whiteside. You don't have picks in two of the next four seasons. So since... And this is why I'm not sure why people would argue that Miami is a better destination than Boston or even Utah because not having picks in two of the next four years, being locked into that Dragic deal, which is which is okay, like we said... Um, I would trade them both. I, I would get my deals. picks back. I would. Uh, the Hassan is a good player, and I'm okay with the contract oh. um, because he's 28, and I'm okay with that. Okay. I like Hassan. I'm sorry for interrupting. Continue. No, I like Hassan Whiteside. I would. I would trade them both, though. I would get all my picks back. I would hand the ball to Justice Winslow. I would sign short-term deals with veterans. Peace. And yes, and I, yes, and, and Tyler Johnson and Josh and those <laughs> boys. Listen, I, I'm okay, and, and this is this is this, and 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 I would be perfectly okay with winning. You know, Spo will push those boys to 25, 30 wins, whatever the case may be. Fire and, Spo, yo. <laughs> and then, and then, no, and Spo's just a good coach, and the Fire Spo thing's ridiculous. They need to do what they did to Kerr, like make Ron Rothstein coach the team so that they can lose a bunch of games. Look, but, but, but wouldn't you be, if you, if, if, if as a fan, and this is something I run into constantly, if you could just remove yourself from the moment, and if you could just say, if I push this button 12 months from now, would I think the organization's in a better place? And everybody would say yes, but they're so obsessed with 2017 that, that we don't get that. But that's obviously, I, I agree with you, the realistic is what's going to happen. But if they push the reset button, the organization would be in a better place. So would they not be? what do you think Goran fetches you? Because I think he gets you one first from a team that's a late first. Uh, mid to late first, sure. I, don't, I think only a good team would trade for him. Right, right. So yeah, yeah. I mean, a, a team picking in the twenties, sure. Man, right, right. And and but you have do to. You liquid- wanna, do you want to? Do you want to? Do you want that pick? You the Miami Heat are in the worst possible situation. They are a five hundred team that got the fourteenth pick. Well, I said the Nets are riding the with their best player is a thirty one year old with the eighth highest cap hit as his position. You gave up two first round picks for. No, you have to cut your losses. Jay, I, I don't disagree. I, I don't disagree that I think 
in this specific situation, probably fire sale is the best option. I mean, yeah. I don't think handing the ball to Justin Winslow helps because I do think that, I think Kawhi is a good example of that, of you just kind of sometimes you have to ease guys in. And I think we saw in the beginning of the year that Justice was a disaster and his defense suffered for that. I think you want to pair him with maybe a veteran that could take a little bit of that responsibility off of him to help him ease into and mature into the role that uh, to the player that you want him to be. The problem with always fire sailing is that I think sometimes it's difficult to retain your guys once they're out of their rookie deals. That's my that is always my biggest concern with okay, well we're going to be bad for a couple years and we're going to accumulate assets and we're going to get picks, right? And then once once we start going, then we start making free agent moves. I think the problem with that is that rookie contracts is where you get your value. And if you're bad for four years and then a guy's off his rookie deal, then you have to, if he turns out really good, you have to, to keep him, you need to give a lot of money to a player that might not be ready yet, but you need to keep because you can't let him go. And then you start building. So that's, guys leave those situations. That's not, five years away from the time you pick that player, but that, though. Yeah, but that happens. We, five we see, years. We I mean, it. I'm not saying we see, and sometimes, five years. Listen, not, sometimes you're the Pelicans and Anthony Davis wants to sign because you're going to give him a bunch of money. I do think that there's a value. And they got boogie now. I mean, they. I mean, but that that's that's two. I mean, I mean that's that's two stars. That's two. That's, so we will see if it works. But the, what the Pelicans essentially have gotten is two. And that's I, I've heard that said on Heat Twitter. Like you just want to get whales. Well, the Pelicans have two whales of the no, highest order. No, you, but you need you need whales that complement each other. I don't think. I I, I think Anth- I I think they can. I think I think with with coaching and I think and, they're so, I think they're they're so supremely talented that they'll figure it out. That's usually what happens. But I'm not a fan of that move. And like I, I, I don't know if we said it during the show or pre-show. I'm not a fan of two bigs. I I would like to move if I if I were running a team, I would like to move away from two bigs. Although some teams make it work. Me too. Me too. I, Cleveland I, makes it work. I, li- exactly. Cleveland. Listen. Because K Love can shoot that three ball, and um, and he's improved as a defender. And I know we like yeah, to make fun solid. of him on he's Twitter. Solid. He's solid. He, he's you know what he reminds me of, Dirk. In the sense of Dirk is kind of like was a neutral defender. I don't think he helped you, and I don't think he killed you as much as people made him out to be killing you on defense. I think Kevin is Kevin loves in that position. They're just it's a one of neutral. those things where sometimes like the tall. A guy that seems unathletic who's Tall white Caucasian, guy gets blamed. You yeah. must not be playing good defense, right? So, But anyway, so what's realistically going to happen to us, whether we agree with it or not, is they're going to retain this. Are you, you, if it was you though, would you, would you tank? Regardless, what the issue that you said might, Man, be, this might year, be valid. Yeah, this, you this, would push that reset button. You, would you agree with if that? If I were in charge, I would push that reset button, yeah. If, if for this team, but not always, because I do think that there's a value, and I know that you, and listen, I think, I sometimes think you go a little overboard with the criticism of of the team, and I probably go the other way. And I think it's I think it's somewhere in the middle, but I do think there's a value in always trying to compete. And I do think guys and remember, we're not talking, we're not trying to sign you or me. We're trying to sign Hassan Whiteside. We're trying like we're not talking to people like us. We're talking to competitionaholics. People that crave I'm a competitionaholic. That's exactly why I want to put a process in to help me compete. Long-term. But a lot of those guys live for today. The Jay. reason I want to Jay, tank, you're... and I think you guys misunderstand me. The reason I want to tank you is be because I'm a competitor no. of the highest order, and I want to be in a better position than you. I, listen, that's what it is. It's it's you know, and even my guys do. It. I think it's dumb when people just say like you're dumb and this and that. Like that's not fair because what you're saying is not dumb. I just think that there's. 
and we've talked about this. There's multiple ways to do a thing. Maybe one's more right than the other, but there's multiple ways to have success. And I, I think while maybe, and while the asset acquisition is is not foolproof, but like you say, you get more. Uh, what's the analogy they use? You get more efficient. You get more wins per dollar. I mean, yeah, I, there was something. Yeah, whatever. I forgot the analogy they used on Twitter, but. There is, I think there is an inherent value in trying to be competitive. And I think what a lot of us say is, yeah, tanking is a smart thing to do. But as a fan, like, I'm watching the games. Like, I'm not watching them play Brooklyn. I, you know, it's funny. I was making a joke. I, I was, I was, I think they played a Kings game that they won at the end. And uh, I was joking like, oh, you know, that's a bad win. We were joking about the tanking. You do you watch games and just like when they win, you like snap your fingers and bow your head like, oh, well, damn it. no. Well, here's the thing that you guys like, you guys misunderstand this too. And then people start doing straw man about, oh, you know, root for the players and the coaches. And no, they, why, how would you tell them that's a loser thing? Like, the players should play hard. Like, play your butt off, coach your butt off. If I'm in the front office, my role is different than that. No, I know. That. My role is different. So that, so if I was watching the game, I'd be looking for growth improvement uh like you talk like we talk about culture right like so if i'm if i'm coaching a team at the level that i coach at for example right which is at the high school level i mean game to game depending on the team i have i'm just looking for improvement every game i'm i'm I'm, I'm, you know you're looking for certain things i don't think a losing season has to mean that we're your losers and your quitters no pat riley's had losing seasons and 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 so has uh, you know a a lot of great former coaches like it just yeah right right it happens and um, if there's a plan in Except place, pop. like if Josh Richardson and Justice Winslow are playing to win every night, and Spoh's coaching is behind off, like that, that, and as a, as, if if as a fan, I'm saying, oh, it's it's unfortunate they're winning some of these games. That doesn't mean that I want them to embrace being losers. But that, but I think that that's a lot of what we're saying. It's that, and I've talked about this with Alf, and we've said like, yeah, probably maybe tanking is the right move, like long term, but. Man, when Hassan hits the buzzer beater against Detroit, that's a fist bump and a high five. And I think a lot of times people make sports this antiseptic um, kind of bottom line, which it is a lot of the times, and that's how business is. But I think there's a human, at least for somebody like me, sports is something personal to me. And like it's, it's just human to want them to be competitive. And while that doesn't make the best leaders... It is fun. Last season was fun. So let me tell you this. I do not blame you or anyone else for rooting for wins. I don't think you guys are dumb fans or anything like that. But I do think that... like I, I, I'm not going to criticize you guys for just going out there and rooting for some good basketball. But I'll criticize Pat Riley. It's not his job, I think. Like I think it's his job to put the team in the best possible position to yeah, win. But think of, think of Riley. Think of... I think sports is run by people. And I think to contextualize what happens, we need to look at who they are and what their situation is. So we have Riley, who's, what is he, 80-something, or he's almost there. <laughs> yeah. He's old. This is a person, and if you hear him speak, I think Riley is obsessed in maybe an unhealthy way with the deeper meaning within and all that. And I think and I think it's pretty public. He finds identity in this in competing for now. And... While maybe it's not the Boston process, I think we need to understand the. And again, that's not 
this this is not a conversation of leadership. It's just trying to understand the actors involved and what's happening and how that resonates with somebody and I, makes I it difficult. It. No, and I know that you're, you th- you're talking to somebody. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go no, ahead. no, no, no. And that's it. Just like to understand the perspectives and the the actors who have this kind of agency in this process. While maybe a fire sale might be the best move. It doesn't always have to be the only move, and there's other ways to do it that are more fun and that make people feel alive. That like Riley, for but example. But then fans turn around and want GMs and coaches fired if 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 they don't get. It's like I I understand Pat Riley has cachet. Nobody's ever gonna say fire Riley. Eric Spolstra, people do say fire Spo, but overall he has a lot of support yeah. because he has rings. But a lot of times, organizations are run like the Heat are right now. And and they and they and they have some fun seasons and they win games as, in the forties and then people just want them fired. They're not as good as them. They're not as good at it. Since twenty fourteen, the Miami Heat have not been good. But hold on. But like I said, since twenty fourteen, their best player had pulmonary embolism. When he was in there, they were five hundred. But they didn't have shooting. Whose fault is that? The GM. Okay. So That's I mean, fine. they built no, an awkward. That, listen, but when that happened, I was I was pounding a desk saying this team's not good. They can't shoot. When they built it, because they did not have shooting, it's like, and I know so, that yeah. we we at Heapy have a reputation of just shilling for the organization. Some of us do shill for the organization. I know that I, I was, applaud your self awareness, huh? I yeah, no. Listen, sometimes we shill, dude. It's, uh, it's, you know, except you know, but um, that team didn't have shooting, and I said we're in a league that you need shooting. The teams in the finals were the ones shooting. The last four teams left were the ones shooting. You're right, and and but I want to I want to get back to this point real quick, and I think that we we also in these discussions everything is very black and white. So when you say Pat Riley has an identity, you're talking to somebody who hands pamphlets pamphlets to the players I train and, and the team and, and and the players I coach with the with the disease of me, um, uh, with the pages from the book that are about the disease of me. I believe in that stuff. I love that stuff. Talk to anybody I work with and they'll tell you that I'm humongous on working hard and being on time and all this beautiful good stuff that some people may not agree with. But I can but the difference with that is I think Pat Riley's is a very effective leader. He's a phenomenal coach, a Hall of Famer, one of the five most important people in basketball in the 90s, a Hall of Famer. I can also think he's not good at running an organization from the top. So so when you guys say all this stuff about him and his identity, I don't think that stuff is bad. Can I think somebody's a great coach and a bad GM? Can we? Can, can there be shades of gray? I, I can think, I think somebody is a is a great GM and a bad coach? Like no, of course, Michael Jordan. And there you go. But so I think a, I think where you lose people, Jay, is when you say bad. That, that's that's <laughs> where. But I'm saying that, and and not to not to get into debate, but I think that that's where the conversation gets lost with a lot of people. I get when that. you say when even when you just say above, like I think that's where because I think. I think a lot of us would agree, at least I would agree, he's probably not he's not the best general manager. I think he's a very good general manager, but I don't think he's the best and he has had shortcomings and he has made a lot of mistakes and he has been very fortunate. I, I should he has been very fortunate. All that is right. I should probably be more clear. I should be more fair. He's probably not the worst. Because there's a lot of guys that aren't very good. And to be honest, there's very few guys. Oh, you got that guy in Phoenix. I got three point guards and got... <laughs> yeah, there are some bad GMs. Uh, and there are a lot of people who think just like him, who only think in the moment. And and to be honest, he's probably closer to average because most people run their organization but like Jay, the Miami Heat. Very few people run it like the Boston Celtics do. I think that you're right. A lot of people do run it like him. But he's better at running it that way than they are. He's a great figurehead. He's a legend. He's respected. 
that that, do you that think, there's good things there. Do you think that he's good at closing deals with free agents? Because there is a value in that. Um, I you know the thing about that is there's there obviously. Or do you think that's construction? Do you think that's that's mythology th- that we've built? I think this mythology. You think it's all mythology? I I think he's respected, but I think he's been turned down plenty. And yeah. Oh, but had, I think a GM will always have. It, it's like right, right. I'm, it's not, like I'm, shoot, I'm not saying he it's can't like shooting close. threes. I'm not saying he can't close. I'm not saying he's bad at closing. But the mythology that he's like, that you step into a room with him, and regardless of the context, like just having him in the room is going to get a guy signed. No, 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 no. Le- he, Le- LeBron left. He he pissed off Dwayne Wade. Kevin Durant didn't come. There's been instances where things haven't worked, and there's been instances where things did work. So I do not think he's a bad negotiator and some guy who can't negotiate. But I also think the mythology of him in a room with pounding his rings on a table. Guys most likely want to win. Guys want money. I think that's a construction. Yeah, I think that's that's. Yeah. I think he's helped by the city. Absolutely, I and think- the state. I yeah. think I think he's helped by the city and the state, and now I think he's helped by Swolstra. Yes, he is. And anyway, let's let's get back on this topic because we're gonna end up making this a Pat Riley. I know, thing, I know, I know. And we're gonna end up making this fun, man. Let's and me go, and you have it. different ideologies. Let's keep it moving. Let's keep it yeah, moving. Yeah, But anyway, so let's just say I, I just want to talk before we wrap this up. The off season itself, and let's just say that the Heat do continue to be conventional with this because I feel like there's one guy that hasn't get talked enough about. I hope you're gonna say who I think you're gonna say. Danilo Gallinari. Yes. He, the Gordon Hayward chase is great. I think Gordon Hayward is 28. Uh, he matches up with Hassan. You know, Dragic is still a good player if you don't trade him. Um, that's fine and all. Gallo, Gallo's only going to be 29. You still can get two, three, four years out of him. He just had a pretty good season. He can score in some volume, close to 20 a game. Um, a lot not quite times. Gordon Hayward, but he can stretch the floor. He defends well enough. And I'm thinking to myself... This team needs shooting if they're going to keep Goron and if they're going to re-sign Deion Waiters. James Johnson's real good. He'll be 31 next season, and he's never shot. I mean, he's... He's, 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 he's a league average shooter at best. Yeah, yeah. So if He had you can, a stretch this year where he was good, but for most of the year he was... If you can keep... The Heat have about $40 million in cap space, if I'm not mistaken, or between 30 and 40. Yeah. If they can keep Johnson and Waiters and get... A Gallinari, or even a Joe Inglis, or something like that. Oh man! Like, look, don't but, but, don't play with me. But I if love I Joe had Inglis. to pick, if you had to pick, you would let James Johnson go and get Danilo Gallinari. What Two am years I, what younger. Am, what, what am I getting Danilo better for? Better shoot. Uh, he's a, if you're playing with Goron and Dion, and you're gonna do the high pick and roll game, you're gonna do the driving. What am game. I? What am I paying? What am I paying Gallo? Because I feel you like have, you can. But I mean, but him and you're gonna have to overpay. Period. You're gonna have to overpay everybody. See, I'm. I, oh my God, because I'm convinced that James might take less than market value to stay. I think that there have been signs that he really wants to stay. And this man, I really love Gallo, and I've been I've been pounding on like glass, like I want him. So if bad. you're gonna go all in on being the third or fourth best team in the Eastern Conference, Danilo Gallinari hasn't been mentioned enough. And you're right, at the end, if, if, you're right. For, he for the, he would fit. What Spolster wants to do better than Hayward, from an offensive standpoint, I think. Oh, I, I, I because can see he's a why you're bigger. saying that, but because I think Gordon Hayward is an adaptable better. player huh? too, though. I think Hayward is an adaptable. No, Hayward's piece, a way though. better player. But he's but he's also willing to it. I think he's an adaptable piece too, and he can shoot too. If you could get Hayward and Whiteside together, 
That's comparable to IT and Horford together, but this Boston has something else up their sleeve, though, and they, what they have going on. But Miami, they can be better than Toronto. They, they can be better than Washington if they do this right, and if that's good enough for a lot of people, and I think they can win a playoff series. I, I don't think that team has championship upside. I don't think they'll be better. You would need LeBron. We got to see how, yeah, and we got to see how Boston turns out. Yeah. When Boston gets Jim Butler, they are what they are as far as the second best team. Um, the the thing with Gallo is, I just think the Houston fit is so makes so much sense. It does that yeah, it I really can't, does. I cannot because they're gonna have money, I think too. And are the Heat a very attractive like place? For, I, I understand the state, and the city. I understand the organization. Spo is is, is Spo's a good coach, and and players like it. But if if we're talking about the players in free agency this year, um, is Miami a place that somebody who's looking to like? Because if you're a veteran like Gallo or Hayward, yeah, you want yeah, to get paid, of course. But is Miami an attractive place where you come and you're like, yeah, we're building. I can win a ring here right now. I think the ga- I think so. I think Gallo and Hayward are very different situations. I think Gallo. I think Gallo's been in the league longer. That's one thing, and I think the. Gordon is a much better player. So Gordon is the Gordon would be the centerpiece of wherever he would go. Right? I, I think any team that he is looking to add him, he becomes their best player. In doing so, I think that a lot of guys think that they could be the reason for winning. And I think that if Gordon if you if Gordon Hayward comes here, the only thing that I the thing that makes sense to me is he comes here with the assumption of I'm going to make this team good because they were f- I'm just again. I'm speculating on what he might be thinking as a reason for him. Well, why not to stay come. in Utah? Huh? Why not stay in Utah? Or go to Boston. I mean, uh, if you go to Boston, you can do I, yourself. Jay, a, you could do a little KD thing Jay, when you come Utah. in. Hmm? It's Utah. Free. It is, and Utah. You know, Utah. Utah gets too much disrespect, man. This Utah. is a team that has been. Have you seen his wife on Instagram? This team. No, hold on. In the '90s, the team was relevant. In the thousands, the team made a Western Conference Final and had, you know, they Darren Williams and Car- that Carlos Boozer team. They teams. don't have a history of keeping free agents, though. Like, guys don't want to live there. Well, maybe it's attractive to Gordon to be that guy, to be that jazz lifer. But I think that the, like I said, you're kind of banking on the attract- the attractiveness of living in Miami as opposed to, to Utah. And I think Carl Malone and Stockton staying, Carl Malone was cut from a different cloth. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I that's, get that. that's a right. different kind of guy than. Gordon Hayward, right? I think, and I no, I think expecting people to stay in Utah after their rookie extensions is tough. That's what like, I'm saying. You know, Darren Williams wanted out. You know, and they're good. They're they are ni- good. They're a nice. And team. I like Quinn Snyder and Rudy he's, Gobert. He's is a really good. Player. He, listen, he has not been talked about enough. He's did a great job, and I think a lot of people discovered him in the playoffs this year. But he's done a great job. Gobert is, I think, appreciably better than Hassan, at least defensively. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Joe Inglis is a very good player. He's a they agent, they they agent, just yeah. they just lack depth. Because I think the starters have really really good minutes, and I think when when um, when George Hill played, their record was incredible. I think they were one of the better Western Conference teams when when they were all healthy. Right? Yeah. They 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 were they were good. They were and a good team. In terms of Miami, though, you you obviously you want Hayward. You want to talk about Gallinari. Are you interested in if you don't get Hayward and don't get Gallinari? Are you interested in Blake Griffin? Mm, I mean, you can't. Re- I don't think you could say no. I, if, if, I mean, I think Pat Riley would, would 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 do that. If Blake knocks out the door, I can't say, eh, no thanks. You know, if I think he's Plan B, 
I think more than Gallo, he'd be plan B. He's also 29. The, the difference here is Millsap is 33, Gay is 31. I mean, if the Heat signs Rudy Gay... <sighs> but that, that's, such a, that's such a Heat signing. It is. That's and such a Heat signing. Are you saying that like a bad, like it's a bad thing? I'm saying it in a good and bad way. I'm saying Why it is it a good thing? <laughs> you think they're going to rebuild Rudy Gay? And- no, well, I'm saying that in the good way is that if he comes, it, it's in the good way of they think that they can fix him. It's in the bad way of, oh, God. 31 coming off volume, an Achilles tear. Volume bad shooter coming off an injury. Yeah, I mean, let's not give Spo more headaches. I than, don't want him. he already has. Um, he Sergi Baca is, is, will be J.J. Redick. I mean, you know, like I said, I would blow it all up. You're saying that. I don't disagree with blowing it up. I don't. Like yeah. I said, I, if, they blow, like, if they blow it up, I won't get mad. Listen, but that lineup, that James Johnson, Deion Waiters, Goran Dragic, Hassan Whiteside lineup, they defended their behinds off, and they played really well. Jay, I don't. The thing with that is how real sample. is Dion Waiters? How real? I that? I am not, and I that's you for me. You I'm, can't depend I, on that. I'm not interested in signing the Dion Waiters. 15, year, 15 17 deal. million dollar contract. You know I am I mean? not interested in that. I like I, I would sign short term veteran deals. I would trade assets off, and we get this thing rolling. But uh, I think Miami's interested in bringing him back. I think they like him. He does some good things. Uh, I think he had a career year. I he's mean, a, he's his, a good and, defender. But even in a career year, he is. And even in a career year, his true shooting percentage was 51. No, of course. He's not going to be efficient. Not a fan of that. Um, I do, Jay, and I haven't looked at the numbers, but I do know that the beginning of the year he was playing hurt, and that really, really brought down his numbers. But, Espe- I mean, he's been in the league around about six years no, now. Listen, he is c- I don't disagree. But I'm just saying in the microcosm of looking at that year and we're trying to... Because essentially what we're, what we're judging Deion Waiters from is January 17th until the end of the year. And that is too small a sample. Here's the thing, too. We're assuming that Miami, they went 41-41. and 41, They had a great second half. We're assuming that that means that, oh, everybody healthy, bring them back, and they'll be better. James Johnson will be 31. Dragic will be 32. Uh, James Johnson had a career year last year that I'm not sure he can repeat shooting-wise, although he has had some efficient seasons as a role player in the past. And Deion Waiters, it kind of is Deion Waiters to me. The core would be old in terms of two of your three best players being 31, 32. Not, not old. They can still play. They're still good. I don't well, want to overstate about, that. The good but, thing about James is he doesn't have a lot of miles because he hasn't played a lot of minutes in his career. So that's the only thing you can kind of look as a positive. Goran has a ton of miles, though, right? Goran has his overseas career. He plays overseas every summer, right? Goran I mean, so well, Goran's shooting people, at the rim have, has but, declined every year. Right. We uh, we have to put in a context, like, yeah, bring the crew back, and oh, that second half, they're, they're also not that young. They also outperformed it themselves, and they have the situation where they have they do have young players, and everybody brings it up. Oh, most of their roster is 26, 25, but those are role players. Good ones. I, I like their potential. Magruder, Richardson, Tyler Johnson, they are role players. But I think So they're not of, necessarily... The Heat don't have a potential star besides Justice Winslow, and that's me being very kind because I'm biased to him. Nobody, I think, outside this market would say the Heat have a young potential star on their hands, and that's I wouldn't why it's even so hard to imagine them having sustainable success with this core long-term. Like, maybe they'll squeeze out a 49-win season next year, and then... I, after that, you have James Johnson on the book for four years and Dragic for another year and or two, and then Dion. Like, I, but the 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 thing the thing that for me that's positive about the James Johnson thing is that I think that if you sign him, you're not keeping him for the for the shooting. I think you're keeping him for the for the playmaking, and you're keeping him for the defense because I think everybody I think anybody with a brain knows 
that he's not a good shooter. You kind of hope that he might stay league average, but that might be wishful thinking. You're kind of hoping, you're kind of banking on very, very good defense and a ball handling five. All right, man. So I want, I want to wrap this up. I wanna, am I wrong? Huh? Am I wrong? Well, no, you're not. You're not. You're not. Oh. I mean, James Johnson, sure. I mean, what you just said is all is all fair and good. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do I it. I don't blame I'm, you. I'm in disagreement I... with the Heat's approach to their process. Uh, in terms of their front office process, their coaching process, I like. They have a roster of young, hungry, good bulls. But um, they, you know. real quick, they, I'll make this really real quick. They have a lot of good role players that they've plucked from the D-League. I think their idea is we're that's how we're you know without a draft we can do this and then we sign a whale. But you can't really do it without a draft because you're not. I mean, they've done it. Yeah, you. Everybody gets role players occasionally in the second round in the D League. They've gotten a lot. Jay, Rodney Magruder has turned out well. Hassan, ah, that's that. This is where we just don't agree. Hassan did not play for the Sky Force. Hassan was not developed by Miami's organization. Hassan was picked up. No, yeah, though he wasn't developed by the. I mean, I'm not. He was. I know so, that. Yeah, right. I, mean, I know but, that. But, but Magruder and Tyler Johnson. Well, Tyler Johnson, they actually cut in camp. Can, can we get rid of Tyler? He's a good player, no, but his not. contract is Why not Why are we thinking he's a good player? He's, just, he's a good. Any 25 year old can do what he does. Dog, wait till, asset, wait till has a three and D potential. Dog, wait till combo money kicks in. I know. I, you know what? Maybe you're going to turn out to be right. I was okay with it at the Can't time because of his right. age. Hate him. But, you know, anyway, we got to wrap this up, man, because my, you're going to get me started on this D-League got thing. Got my TJ slander in, dude. I have to get that in. No, you're going to get me started on this D-League thing. Miami gets some... Miami, you got to get stars in this league, and let's not act like a first-round pick can be replaced with getting guys in a D-League. Let's not start that one. I mean, it's good to get a role player, too. You get a Jonathan Simmons like San Antonio got. You get a Bruce Bowen. You, you get a Rodney Magruder, fine. Hassan Whiteside is a once-in-a-lifetime anomaly. No, yeah, of course. It's not a recipe that, that, for success. No, that, is to continue to bank on that. That's a miracle. He anyway. is a living, breathing miracle. I appreciate you coming on, man. Thanks, man. Thanks I appreciate you on. coming on. Um, I, I think fun. I'm impressed with myself. I didn't curse, and I didn't even, wasn't even thinking about it. Radio training, dude. I'm not even trained. Man. Don't even compare me Panther to Sports that. Talk Live Nation, stand up. All right, man. But, you know, I, want, I'm, you know, I appreciate you coming on, man, and, and chopping it up with us. And, uh Appreciate it. Dude. You know, we'll go from here, man. Ramos and them. Can I can I plug my can I plug go my? Go ahead, man. Go ahead. Uh, if, if you guys like me, uh, or maybe if you hate me and you want to hate us, check us out at Miami Heatbeat on Twitter, MiamiHeatbeat.com. Check out the podcast. Check out the website. We have articles. Um, we have podcasts. We do all sorts of fun stuff on the social media account and on Instagram as well. Same same at. So please check us out if if you liked any of this. All right, y'all. We wrap it up from here.